Welcome to another episode of Notes from John. With a babble from Bond. And this is the, what is it, our 47th edition episode. <laughs> Hard to believe that we can talk so much. 47th, actually, since we did a couple of parts two and one part three, this is, I think, like really number 50 that we've done. Well, the first two really didn't count because we were just... No, but we still did them. <laughs> They were, well, some are, well, yeah, whatever. Here it is, Sunday, August the 11th, 2019, and beautiful Sunday here in Salt Lake City, and uh, had a, a, a wonderful Sabbath day, um, and had three of our children uh, and their families over for dinner tonight, which was uh, Melissa and then Julie and Becky, and love having them every week that we were able, whenever we're able to have them grateful to have them and it's also kind of nice to, when they leave <laughs> what no <laughs> no we love them of course we love them we, they, but we it's love to also, have them but i think they're more excited the parents to get them home so they can get them into bed so they can have some peace i'm kind of excited to have them go home when they're ready to go too no <laughs> okay <laughs> Why don't you give our shout-out for the, for the week? Well, I think our shout-out goes to the Mominators. Our Julie, who put on a great Mominator party, and Alex helped her, and she was able to help give some a needed GNO, Girls' Night Out, for many moms and many women who just wanted to get together and enjoy an evening out. And just last night. It was last night, and all of our girls were able to Daughters went over and supported and helped her, Kelly, Melissa, Emily, and Becky, and even Josh came over to help, and so grateful for their support of love for one another and being able to help provide some, an out for some people to help them, so it was fun. Yeah, it was. Uh, great job, Julie. Congratulations, sweet. Yes, great grateful job. for her dad, who also helped with me with the tiki torches. <laughs> did a that wonderful job so hard <laughs> we also want to acknowledge uh, uh, this past week our family was invited uh, all of us up to Bear Lake uh, to Emily and Eric Motzka's cabin actually it's not a cabin it's their home in Bear Lake as well as a few doors down is uh, Melissa and Mark Larson's place um, but we, we were there uh, for Monday and part of Tuesday and stayed at at Emily and Eric's place, and uh, they just do a, a great job of hosting it. And uh, thank you for making all that available for us, Emily. A shout out for them as well because they do. They're always very generous to share what they have. The two places up there to stay, and they're very generous in what they provide to help us all stay close as a family and be together. Yeah, they really are. So thank you for that as well. So tonight, uh, um, we wanted to talk a little bit about the blame game. And, and that may also be, uh, could be entitled as excuses. <laughs> I never make any excuses. You never do. <laughs> and <then laughs> one of the reasons that I suggested to Bonnie that we talk about this topic tonight Although I don't think we'll we'll we're not going to make it for thirty minutes, but uh, um, 
I had an experience when I was a senior in high school, and I was uh, uh, playing on the East High football team, and um, I was fortunate to be one of the starters and a, a team captain. And we, uh, during the, the uh, practices, heading up to the first game of the year, I don't know I, I, whether my head just wasn't into it or I was concerned about things that, uh, that I was going to be involved in in the student government in the high school at, at my senior year there at East High or, or just what. But my coach came up to me one day oh, uh, towards the end of practice. He said, Jepson, what in the world is going on with you? Your head is not in this game. I said, what, what do you mean? He says, you have an excuse for everything. Wow. I said, I, I do? He said, well, I remember what precipitated it. And one of the, the plays that we had in our practice, I, I ran the ball and I fumbled. Um, and, uh, um, you know, the offense did not recover the fumble. And my coach was really irritated that I had fumbled. And, and uh, I, I guess I had made some excuse. Well, the quarterback didn't put it in the right place or I this or I that. And, he, and that's when he said, Jepson, you have an excuse for everything. And I thought, oh my gosh. That really um, caught me by surprise. And I've never forgotten that statement. Jepson, you have an excuse for everything. Well, wow. Well, that's, you know... Thinking back, I made a lot of excuses, too, because I didn't want to look bad in front of other people. I would, if I did something that wasn't right, I would say, well, this person did this, and that's why I did that, or this is what happened here, and so that's why I did it, you know, then, or whatever, and I, so I made the, some excuses, but I admire people who, who may make, maybe make a mistake, and they fess up to it right off and say, oh, that, I did that wrong and I need to correct that. Well, as I viewed it, it's, uh, you know, there's kind of a, a couple of reasons for making those kinds of excuses that are so easy to do. One is we're just insecure. Right. You don't as, want to look as you bad. Just said, we don't want to look bad. And, um, and the second one is, you know, it's not being very honest. You know, you and I know when we've made a mistake. And, and when something is our fault and to to blame that on somebody else or something else or some other circumstance is just it's not honest <laughs> is it that's the, no. at least that's the way it looks to me and so this this whole idea of, of blaming other people for our mistakes was my fault. It was his. It was hers. It was somebody else's. It was something else. It wasn't me. Well, gosh, you see that in little kids over and over and over. Why did you do that? I don't know. Somebody else did it. Again, I see it in our grandkids. They're great at blaming somebody else. But well, they never want to take responsibility. I shouldn't say never. 
they usually do not want to take responsibility for the mistakes that as young children they, they make. And unfortunately, for some of us as we grow older, that trait kind of follows us. Well, sometimes they don't know why they blame the other pe- person. They just know that they don't feel good inside, and so they blame somebody else because of the insecurities they have. For a child, that's certainly true because and I think in many cases, why did you do that? And they say, I don't know. And uh, frankly, they don't know. They don't. They don't know. They don't know how to verbalize what what the motivation for them to either do or not do something they should have done. But when you say it's com- dishonest every time, you don't think there's ever a reason why someone does have an excuse for something that went wrong? Like, say I was late to an appointment, but I had to take care of a sick baby or whatever. Certainly, Bonnie, there are cases, no question, where there is an excuse that is... Legitimate. Legitimate. Okay, so it's not always the dishonest. Oh, no, no, I'm not, okay. I'm not trying to imply if I did, I'm, I need to correct that. That was my mistake. I'm not trying to blame that on anybody else. You fessed up. You <laughs> uh, but there are certainly uh, circumstances where an excuse is appropriate. And uh, I, I remember one of the one of the challenges that I had with our kids when we were they were in junior high and high school, and I was determined that we were going to read the scriptures every morning before they left for school. And on occasion, I was so de- they were pressing me about we got to hurry, we got to hurry so that we can get to school on time. And Bonnie would typically drive them up, and uh, on on occasion. They were late or close to being late because I, I held them back to finish our reading for the morning and it didn't go well. Now, and then they got in trouble. So they could say, it's because my father made us read the scriptures. I wonder how well that went over with their teacher. Yeah, and that would have been the truth. I was, the, I was at cause. And it, they weren't the fault. Right. It was me. So they had a legitimate excuse. And, um, but there are many circumstances where occurrences happen where it is our fault. And we, we are to blame. Yeah, we are blame. We blame and we don't, else. we don't, you know, take responsibility for it. So how do we change that? Huh? Well, it, it takes, some of it takes uh, courage and confidence to be able to just say, oh, my bad, I, I made that mistake and I will fix that or I will correct that, even though it's hard to do. It is hard to do, especially if you're in a position of leadership, for instance, and and you've made a mistake and you don't want to, again, to look bad in the in the eyes of those that are following you and, and to admit that you were wrong, I made a mistake, <laughs> it's hard to do. But sometimes that also but, shows that you're human to them and that is part of a good leadership uh, position where you could admit your mistakes. Because it shows, in my opinion, integrity. Integrity. That, yes, I was just going to say integrity, that you can move forward and say, okay, well, I need to fix this, I need to do better, and I will do better. Okay, so how about in marriage? 
So is there is a blame game go on? Oh in yeah, marriage? she blamed me for everything. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I blame you for nothing. <laughs> I see. Well, I, I I think some of the one of the classic blame games uh, of all time occurred with our first parents, Adam and Eve. Oh yes. So Adam. Yeah. You know, Adam, Adam, did you uh, partake of this fruit? And he, he tells uh, Heavenly Father, well, it wasn't my fault. She made me do it. See, it's the man. And then, and then it goes <laughs> to Eve. Eve, did you take this fruit? Well, it wasn't my fault. The devil made me do it. <laughs> the devil made me do it, yeah. just like last That's week. <laughs> so that blame, that blame game started right from, from the, the early start. beginning. Yes, unfortunately. Isn't that funny that that's what, right from the start. Well, yeah, again, again it's, hard to, it's hard to take responsibility at times when you know there are repercussions that could negatively affect you. But in a marriage, too, if, if that happens and you bl start blaming each other for things, which can happen, you have to be able to step back and forgive and accept their apology or know why there, there's a reason why maybe that spouse felt stupid in the eyes of, you know, the other spouse and, and being the most loving, wonderful spouse, John, that you, you are, are, you would just say, well, it's okay, I understand. Oh, that's really one of your great traits, Bonnie. You don't hold grudges at all. Oh, sometimes. You're able to forgive and forgive. Yeah. I don't know that you always forget. None of us always forget. Well, it doesn't, it doesn't help your, your mental or emotional um, status is if you hold those grudges. You can be mad and upset and say, wow, you know, I blame that other person. But if you can forgive and move on, it just helps you yourself to feel better inside, which Heavenly Father wants you to forgive, of course, and then... Yeah, but I don't know how you were younger. You've mentioned it sometimes in your younger years. You, it was easier for you to try to find an excuse for things. But during our marriage, Bonnie, I, I can't hardly ever remember you trying to make excuses. Oh, I did it. For mistakes that you made. When we were or, first married. Did you make any? Oh, yeah, because I didn't want to look you bad. Did? <laughs> well, I guess I'll admit it. <laughs> that you, yes, because I didn't want to look bad. Like I didn't. Like if I burn dinner, well, it's because I can't, the stove, the stove is not working right. <laughs> or, you know, I, I, something wasn't cleaned or something. You know, you just want to make. You even blamed my firebird. Oh, well, it, that's it, it, another you, you, story. You blamed that firebird that it was, it was the car's fault. It was the car's fault because it hated me. <laughs> So when I got into John's oh, precious you, car. Oh, it was a beautiful 1969 it was beautiful. Oh, at Pontiac Firebird. At the beginning. And then it turned into it was still beautiful tear on to the me. street. <laughs> so what did you do? You got in the car. You broke off oh, let me the tell blinkers. You. First of all, I was very nervous because, see, I didn't want to look bad. I didn't want you to think that I hated your car. I had two gallons of did. milk in the car. Oh, yeah. I turned the corner, and I wasn't driving fast, of course. I'm blaming it on trying to get home quickly to prepare dinner for you. <laughs> and the, the, the gallon jugs just came tearing over into the 
the uh, what is it? The second seat, they both broke open and splattered, and I had milk all oh, over the his front precious of the car. car. I jumped down and was scooping out this milk as fast as possible, and then I left to put down all the windows. I thought this is going to smell like sour milk, oh, which it, it did for horrible. a while. And then the next time I got in the car. And by the John, way, of course, again, that wasn't your fault. No, it was because I was hurrying home to make you dinner. It was my fault uh-huh. because I needed to eat. That's right. I see. That's right. See. Then the second time, this was also your fault because you said, would you, it was a two-seated, what do you call that? With a, It was a bench seat a bench in the seat front with seat a, that had a fold-down fold down, uh, armrest in the center. Well, he said, Bonnie, would you reach back and get my coat or something that was yours that you should have taken care of before that even was I even needed to do anything. So I went to reach back and instead Put of all the, of your weight, yeah, all of my heavy of weight, instead of going forward like it's supposed to, the whole thing just broke, broke off backward, broke the whole thing off. And I went, oh, see, you shouldn't have made me do that. It was your fault. <laughs> it, was, it was my fault. And then the third one was as I was just driving along and I went to I barely touch. You, the, <laughs> you smacked that blinker handle so hard. All of my it broke right. I was off. so powerful with my big beefy arm that I just barely touched it and it fell off. And whose fault was that? It was yours because you didn't tighten it up. <laughs> I see. I see. So see, that car didn't like me. I was just so grateful. Oh, guess what, though? But when the car was totaled, whose fault was that, John? Well, it wasn't my fault. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I you, was just sitting there in the road. You were not paying I was attention. Stopped. You were not paying attention I, to the side. You I were was, not looking around. I was and you stopped saw, saw tra- that and a, big in truck traffic. come up. And a big truck comes out of the, uh, out of the driveway of a... Uh, 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 grocery store and just rams right into the top of my car ran right over the over the hood so that's an example of someone else's fault that you could blame someone else yeah that right? was if i had to make it explain <laughs> that that wasn't that was not my fault i was just sitting there not paying attention you should have been able to move that car quickly when that car was coming i to remember avoid it. i remember an accident that i got into when i was 17 years old, though, I was driving up to to Brighton during the winter and was taking some kids up tubing. And uh, maybe, maybe I was 18, I don't remember, but I was driving and I was driving a little too fast. And um, I went around a corner and slid off the road uh, and was teetering on going down into a ravine with a little river at the bottom of it. And I, oh man, I was so humiliated and I, I was racking my brain about what kind of an excuse I could make for, for driving too fast. It was my, clearly my fault. I hadn't been careful enough. You were with your friends and you didn't want but to look bad. man, I did not want to tell my dad that I had been driving too fast on a slippery, snowy road. But I was. It was clearly my fault, and I, I don't. You know, those kinds of experiences just seem to 
remain with us over time, but we can hopefully use them to learn from. I was driving out of the driveway. We had this big, huge station wagon, and we had a tiny garage, and I was backing up trying to be so careful not to hit either side of the garage. I just started driving. And my brother, Scott, was in the car, and he was being funny, so I'm going to blame Scott for this one. And he said, look out, you're going to crash. Well, he startled me, and I hit the side of the garage (laughs) and put a big dent in it. And I got out, and I thought, oh, my word, what am I going to tell my dad? And I, of course, wanted to blame Scott for scaring me, and I just Did you? I'm sure I tried to to tell him that that's what happened, but eventually I just said, I'm I hit the side of the garage. I mean, <laughs> you finally took responsibility for it. Well, I hope so. That was a long time ago. I just remember how mortified I was that it was my first little dent in the car. And I recall one when I was again, I was in I was a, in a junior in high school driving up our street, just a residential street, and on the right side of the street, so there was a car parked. Uh, up a little ways, and <clears throat> I saw it there. And as I was driving up, just to approaching that car, I wasn't speeding. Or, uh, and as I approached that car, it she, the woman in the car, just pulled out to the left, pulled right into me. And she clearly had not been, didn't look, when she got into her car and before she she pulled out. But it happened to be my mother's first cousin. And it was just an awkward situation for me to, when I was asked, well, what happened? <clears throat> well, it wasn't my fault. Of course not. I was not. just driving, <laughs> driving up the street. And she pulled into me. And, and frankly, that case, that was the truth. You weren't watching, so you could have swerved out of her way. I was watching. I did see the car. <laughs> but she just suddenly pulled, and there was nothing I could do at that point. It was so quick and I had nowhere to go. Well, I'm proud of myself because many, many, many years later when I was driving our big, huge, gigantic, enormous van that was hard to park. It was a big, big vehicle, I hard to park. I went to the Galleria to pick up. It was a, a fun dome or something back then. I can't remember. Galleria, whatever. Galleria. Galleria. To pick up the kids after they were there skating or playing or whatever. And I cut short when I drove into the parking and hit a tail light on a car. And I sat there and I looked at it. I had broken the tail light and I thought. Of the, uh, the parked car? Of the parked car. Oh. <laughs> and I thought, hmm, should I just back up and go park somewhere else? Because it didn't make a dent in our car because it was a ginormous, huge, big van. But this was just a little, and it was a brand new car that oh, I had hit. Yeah. And I thought, how many times have we had people just drive away and not fessed up to to hitting this car? But I... You were a woman of integrity and honesty. I was you, right then because you fessed, I... fessed up. It was hard for me to write my name on that <laughs> paper and my phone number and put it in their, their windshield wiper yeah. and said, I've hit your... Your new car, I'm sorry. And then, so I got a call from Officer Tarver, who happened to be 
a nephew. And I went, he said, is this the Bonnie Jepson that I'm related to? And I said, uh, is it Officer Tarver? He said, it sure is, and I understand you hit a parked car. Oh, and then I felt really stupid. But he said, you know, not very many people do what you did. They just yeah, drive off. Good for you, sweets. So sometimes we do know what's right. We choose the right to do that. And you do that almost all the time. Oh, there's many times I don't. Thank well, goodness for repentance. Well, the only times that maybe you don't is when you've, you've lost another set of keys and you're not sure you want to tell me. <laughs> not my fault I lost them. I didn't lose the kids. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so that's one of my really, I just was not, uh, I was never used to keeping track of Another keys. set of keys. I bought her for Christmas one year. How many sets of keys? I'm not telling. <laughs> Ten keys. Ten sets, sets of, keys. of keys. And over the few years, I lost every, every one, one of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, like I said, uh, I didn't have shit. a car growing up, so I never had to worry about them. And I just, I don't know. I'd put them in my purse or I couldn't find them. And um, I was just hoping that you would be really nice and understanding that I had all these little children. And I had excuses. I had these children, and I had things to do, and my mind's not all there. And they were all good excuses. They were all good too. excuses, weren't they? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think in, in conclusion here, I guess our, our, our moral of the story is uh, I would hope that we can all learn in this life, the, the process of being um, able to take responsibility for our actions and, and being able to be honest in accepting that responsibility and not trying to lay the blame onto someone who wasn't at fault to begin with, who if we laid the blame on them and they were not at fault, gosh, we could cause them to receive either some retribution or some punishment or or something that would be completely unfair. So um, I just uh, is an encouragement for us all that we, we not try to blame others. Sometimes people even want to go to as far as to blame God for the problems in their lives. Mm -hmm. And, and that, that uh, he's not fair or he's not hearing me or he's not doing this or he's not doing that. When in fact, most of the time, not all the time, but most of the time, the problems that we get into are often of our own making. Now, there are circumstances with health issues and tragedies and those types of things that are not of our own making, obviously. But, but to blame that on God is, I mean, that's just unreasonable. It's not God's fault that somebody else and drove their car in a reckless manner and drove it into the side of your uh, a family member and killed them or maimed them. That wasn't God's fault. But it's also good not to always blame yourself also for things that, that happen, like with when Nathan died. Or, you know, and I thought, well, maybe I shouldn't have done that or maybe I, sh I could have done that instead of, Blaming somebody else, you also blame yourself to the point yeah, of destruction. Or with our grandchildren, the two that that uh, didn't make it, our daughter said, "Oh, I, 
maybe I should have done this or I should have gone in and checked on him or I, sh- I should have gone to the doctor sooner or whatever instead or, of making excuses. Or, or, or another example is some children, um, you know, take the blame upon themselves for their parents' divorce. Yeah, there's lots of... You know, that, that's things. just not fair. That's not right. No. They are not responsible for the actions of others in those uh, settings and... And, you know, we ought not to take the, the burden of, of the blame in those circumstances on ourselves because, in fact, that can become the kind of baggage that can really drag on us for a long time. And hurt, our, hurt us emotionally and physically. Yeah. And so we just do the best we can every day to be people of integrity, to always choose the right, and to have... Be responsible, responsible and, and accept our own... Actions. actions and ask God to help us every day do so sure do so, so there you go that's our our life's lesson for tonight and I hope everybody's doing well as we kind of come to the conclusion of uh, a, a school being out for the summer and kids going back to school in a, in a, Next week, a, a or week or two, or two yeah. and uh, um, Things continue to be busy for Bonnie and me as we serve in the Salt Lake Temple gratefully and feel it's such a privilege and an honor to do so. And uh, just want you to know that we love our Father in Heaven and the Savior. And we, we love His Gospel and His Church and we love our family with all of our hearts. And I am deeply blessed to have Bonnie as my companion. I deeply love her and I'm grateful for all she is in my life. Ditto. So that'll ditto. That'll be it for tonight from Notes from John. With a babble from Bong. Good night, Good night. everybody.